Welcome back to another edition of the Best Bets show here on the Field of 68, sponsored by Bet Rivers. We are the three-man weave, ready to take you through a Tuesday slate, much more mainstream, not, not a half outline of SWAC games today. We got a whole lot of big ones. Unfortunately, Toledo Akron, a great mid-major game, didn't even make the slate. That's how good it Ooh. is today. We're excited about it. Kai McEwen, Matt Cox are here. I'm Jim Root. Kai, let's talk quick takeaways from last night before we get into that fantastic slate we have tonight. Let's do it, Jim. Duke got walloped. Haha, <laughs> hilarious. Mac can touch on it more. Kansas, impressive bounce back, mm. led the entire game against Texas. Mm. Third takeaway, never, ever, ever watch a Tarleton State game. Holy moly. I mean, I knew they were sloppy, Matthew. Is that your first time? It's a fun experience, first time you see I, it. It's it's really an experience. It, I it watched really them is. earlier in the year. It's just like they just close their eyes and kind of just chuck the ball up at the basket around the rim. I'm not sure how they actually win ball games. They just hustle. They hustle, 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 out hustle everybody. But boy, are they not skilled? Anywho, good cover by Tarleton. Matt, your takeaways. Yeah, I mean, the Duke letdown thing was tough. Um, surprised old takes exposed hasn't retweeted my uh, horrendous, <laughs> horrendously awful confidence of my devils going on the road down to Coral Gables up against a team and a coach that's owned Duke historically. Um, so yeah, Duke is what what they are. How about Grady Dick, though, responding to our criticism? Uh, after being MIA last few games, has 21 big ones, Kai, to pace mm-hmm. the Jayhawks over the Longhorns gym to a cover and an outright win. High scoring, 88-80 affair. I caught a little bit of that game. Um, he's huge. I mean, if Dick's on, like that team can play to like the level I think Kansas, you know, their their program bar is, but without him, it's a very, very thin roster. So he's kind of the swing guy. Well, he and the rest of the role players. Jalen Wilson had two points yesterday, and they scored 88. Yesifu and Dewan Harris combined for 31, like just kind of Harris was great from yeah. the rest of their roster. Uh, yeah, I, I, that was my takeaway was, oh, Kansas beat a potential two seed with Jalen Wilson doing nothing like that. That's rather impressive. Getting that kind of production from the rest of the roster. MJ Rice played like 15 minutes. I didn't know he was still on the team. I had completely forgotten about a five star recruit that they brought or, or borderline four or five star. So, yeah, very impressed with Kansas. Duke, go ahead and blame him the spot. Oh, we just beat UNC. There's no way we could play well 48 hours later. <laughs> Whatever. Sure. Okay. Um, that's fine. You got smacked. That's all right. Let's move on. Let's get into tonight. We're going to start, Matt. We go from your Dukies getting smacked off an emotional rivalry win to Indiana, your alma mater, coming off an emotional rivalry win. They are four-and-a-half-point home favorites against Rutgers. Very physical squad's going to come to town and, and look for a street fight. Does that worry you with Indiana coming off that big Purdue victory? Uh, yeah, because look what Indiana did uh, in the game leading up to the Purdue game. Now, I know that was on the road. Different circumstance here at home against Rutgers, a team we like to you know beat the drum of their home road splits. I just think Rutgers is like really, really good. I, I would not bet mm-hmm. Indiana here. I, I understand that they're playing really well, and it looks like a cheap... Um, you know, only laying four here. You, you looked at that Kansas line last night, minus four against Texas, kind of the same vibes, Kai, to me. I looked at it, like, yeah, it does feel a little short for a team I you, know, you think should be favored by a little more, but Rutgers has been nothing short of awesome. So I I guess I'd tread lightly if you're looking to take Indiana at the stale price now of minus four. If you got three, I'd send my cap to you. But uh, if it touches five, I might be a, might have a blood money bet here against my old mater on Rutgers. Yeah, interesting market agreement here that Indiana's better than Rutgers on a neutral. Kim Palm disagrees, but I kind of buy it. You can argue with the way they're playing. I mean, both teams playing very well. Indiana's been playing extremely well as of late. They have all the hype in, in the news. And there's no mag for Rutgers. Maywat mag, I'm sure I'm 
butchering that name. Uh, he is out for Rutgers. He isn't a top three guy for them, but he is a starter. He's a great defender, and he has great versatile size, can defend multiple positions. Indiana is off that massive Purdue win. So if you believe in letdowns, yeah, you lean towards Rutgers here. Rutgers should also smash them on the boards. They grabbed 41% of the misses in the first game. Purdue grabbed 55% of their misses. Indiana still won and covered that game, but holy moly, that was a big, big weakness for Indiana. And I kind of think Amore is a good option, Jim, for Trace Jackson Davis. Both of them fouled out in the first game, but he, he did a fairly good job in my thoughts. So I do lean towards Indiana, but the spot and matchup, it points me towards Rutgers more. Kai, both of them falling out reminds me of like the, the clips of boxers like punching each other and they both go down yes. at the same time. There's <laughs> just two heavyweight guys going at it in the paint. Uh, I wanted to look back at all the history, Matt, of Indiana's follow-up efforts after they beat Purdue, but they don't really do that very often. <laughs> nice. uh, they did it once last year and 72 hours later, That's they nice. lost by 18 at home to Michigan. Like, so it makes sense. You know, it's only one, t- one, one piece of evidence. And this is a much better Indiana team than last year. So don't take too much or don't put too much stock in that. But I do think the possibility of the letdown is real, especially given the performance you got from Hood Shafino. He's a young guy. Can he follow that up against one of the best perimeter defense teams in the country? They're so long Rutgers on the perimeter. That, that worries me. I, I, I start to lean towards Rutgers where this is at right now as well. Um, like Matt saying, if it gets up to five, he'd consider it. I, I probably would as well. I, I think they hang around. They've already won at Purdue. This team is no slouch on the road. Their defense travels. Um, it, it's a uh, Rutgers lead for me here. Next up, similar spread here. UConn laying four at home against Marquette. I'm just going to come right out with it, Kai. Shaka is 48 to 25 and two against the spread yep. as a road dog. <laughs> 66%. Yeah. Six, you just, you just know Shaka road dog, 66%. Are you brave enough to go against that today? Uh, no, I, I made this game pretty much what it was on, on the number, but Mark has been playing by far the better basketball and I haven't faded UConn all year, but I am going to tonight. If you take out UConn's Portland run, this game is probably closer to a pick. Uh, UConn was up by 11 in game one. They looked to be in control. Marquette took over, man. Their press, their length can really bother UConn's guards. It's a team that's not used to being bothered like that, but Marquette can do it. And Matt, I'm not sure UConn's defense is disciplined enough uh, to stop the Marquette offense. They do have a big advantage with Klingon inside. He had 20, 10, and five blocks in game one. But I think this one stays close. I think Marquette can can win outright and certainly stay within two possessions. So I, I lean their way plus four. I kind of like UConn at home here. Um, it's it didn't it's bet it, obviously. It's not Gamble. Uh, well, sorry, I like UConn in their backyard whatever yeah homish just a better spot I, I feel like i'm gonna beat the same narrative all show but just the way these spots have set up this this year especially the last couple of weeks um and then also seeing marquette struggle with butler a little bit i know butler was due for a good game it was kind of a flat spot in the schedule yada 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 but um i think marquette is certainly due for some leveling off or regression or some point i think if uconn sticks to their interior game plan uh, i think they can mix and match on the other end a little better than they did last time Cause that's what they got killed. I just thought those big guys did torch the UConn's bigs off the drive. Um, I think Hurley will, will try to adjust. He's talked about some of the adjustments he's trying to make on the defensive end. He's still not happy with it. I don't know. I'm probably reading into that too much, but just the spot, it makes me like UConn here. Nothing more, obviously not going to bet against shock as a dog. Cause that data is pretty strong. What, what, what is it about the spot you love? I, I, I'm not totally sure. Just the revenge of back home. Big spot, need this okay. game, UConn. I mean, it's not like anything strong. It just seems like a, a really tough ask for Marquette to go and win this game. Yeah, it, for me, it's more 
current form, I think, is what drives it for me. I, I think Marquette's really good. I think they slept walk through Butler because they know everybody blows out Butler. And UConn hasn't beaten the top 100 team since Creighton on January 7th. And that's the only one they've beaten in the year of 2023. Uh, they have beaten Butler and DePaul and Georgetown. Congratulations, Gold Star. Barely. I just, I just don't think that team is very good anymore. They've really lost it in the backcourt. Marquette will pressure them. It's going to be harder to do on the road, of course. Um, but then you also have the ace in your hole of maybe Danny Hurley will get a technical late and help uh, <laughs> the shock a dog getting inside the number. Uh, so it's a Marquette lean for me, not a bet at four. Uh, this again, kind of like Rutgers if it got up to five. All right, then I would take it, but uh, not quite there where it's at. Next up, yet another game with the home team laying around four or five. That would be Kansas State. Minus five at home against TCU. Matt, we just talked spot. This one strikes me as a really good spot for K-State. They've lost two games in a row, reeling a little bit. Now you get this shorthanded TCU team coming to town. It's their third game without Miles and second straight game without any of Lampkin. I know he tried to play a couple games ago, but I'd be shocked if he's out there again. He just doesn't look right every time he tries to play. So does this feel like the bounce back, get right, Kansas State spot, win big at Bramlage? What do you think? Uh, yeah, it does, right? Another spot that the market sniffed out pretty obviously from two and a half, three to five. I'm not going to lay five here, Kai, because I think we talked about this in our our secret group chat offline um, behind the curtains. I just think this TCU team is obviously Miles is a huge ceiling raiser. They need him, um, but they've played without him a couple of times. They played well without him. I think they're kind of a gritty you know, back against the wall. They can win with physicality and length. I think ball's been solid on the ball. Um, no Lamplin, though, I think really hurts. Like, that's where they could really punish K-State up front. And uh, we saw them kind of fold in the latter half of that Oklahoma State game. Just don't have the depth to play a hard 40 minutes. Maybe if you want to bet TCU at the better number, you'd take first half. I wouldn't take them full game. Um, so I guess my lean is TCU. The depth concerns me. The spot concerns me. If you want to play it at the better number, i take first half, but nothing official for me. Kyle. Yeah, the five-point spread clearly includes miles being being out and i agree tc's been pretty good without him they did lose to mississippi state but they forced overtime after he went out they they did win they covered against west virginia they lost and didn't cover against oklahoma state but they got close they tied it up pretty late it is still a tough team without mike miles i i agree though i think eddie lampkin might be the bigger loss against k-state a team that attacks the basket a lot gets the free throw line um certainly likes to dominate the paint and the octagon of doom it's a hard place to play. Texas came back and took care of business there, but that's been K-State's really only blemish. Straight up, their only loss. Nine and four against the spread there. Game one, Jim, TCU crushed them. They're up 25. One by 14, cold shooting. The Frogs had easy buckets, forced 20 turnovers. I like to think the K-State uh, handles the ball better in their own gym. The line's just a tad too high for me right now to lay. Yeah, Miles had 11 assists and one turnover in that game. He was masterful. Uh, you take that guy out and that hurts. Throw him on the road. Uh, Going to be pretty hostile environment. A lot of purple out there tonight, Kai, with uh, with, with the Froggies and the yes. Wildcats. Uh, five's a little too high for me to lay, I think. But as much as I love this TCU team, I do think they need Miles and Lampkin to really access as good as they can be. I was shocked they tied up that Oklahoma State game. I mm. honestly thought they were maybe going to roll over and be like, all right, we're shorthanded. It's fine. Let's get out of here. Um, they fought back. So they are super tough, but uh, this one feels like a K-State bet to me. All right. Last one before chat mob. That is Auburn at Texas A&M. Another potential revenge spot here, Kai. 
we all were, were relatively in on Texas A&M at Auburn in the first matchup. I don't think any of us bet it because the number got too low and we are cowards. I was I had but, a little bit on it, Jim, just a little oh, bit. We'll see. You're less of a just, coward than me. Good for you. Proud of you. Uh, but now we got Texas A&M laying three at home. First one closed Auburn minus three and a half. So kind of a logical flip there based on home court. These are two coaches that used to coach in the cheese state, Kai. Buzz Williams at Marquette, Bruce Pearl at UW-Milwaukee. What's your take on this one? Yeah, these teams just met two weeks ago, and in one by 16. Uh, scored at will. They got to the line. They handled the ball. Since then, Auburn's competed with West Virginia. They smashed Georgia. They competed with Tennessee. Can't really say they've done poorly. I just think A&M's been the better team the last, I mean, four or five weeks, Matthew. And and did sneak by Vanderbilt. Um, they, they did lose to Arkansas, and they also smashed Georgia themselves. But again, I've been more impressed with AM, especially the heads up game with, with Auburn. I think it's their game here again. Uh, they should pound the pain again. They're going to get to the line again. That home juice is with them this time. Will Tyrese Radford score 30 points again? Probably not, but I still like AM here at minus three. Yeah, I do too. I, I know my Auburn hate has been borderline stubborn. Um, I think that last game against Tennessee is a good. It's a good game where they can play really close against a sometimes offensively challenged team, right? So I think like they got credit for that. A lot of the analytic markets for playing Tennessee really competitively, and they deserve credit for that. I just don't think from a handicapping perspective, I'm rolling that over into this matchup. I'm with you, Kai. I like AM. Feels too obvious to me. I don't know why I didn't bet this, Jim. Um, I just think their pressure bothers Auburn's guards. So I know it's tougher to uh I mean it, it was tougher to do that at the jungle. Now, I think back at home, I think they play off that crowd of energy, and those guards are so much less trustworthy away from home. Yep, agreed. And I mean, I, I was shocked at how easily Texas A&M scored in the first meeting. I, I think very highly of Auburn's interior defense, led by Broom and Cardwell. But um, A&M was able to get out in transition a little bit, uh, hit just enough shots to loosen up their defense and, and get to the rim. Uh, they also might take quite a few free throws tonight. That is the A&M way, and... Also a big edge when you're at home. Usually get a little bit friendlier whistle. Talked about with Tar- that with Tarleton yesterday, Kai. That's a team that loves the whistle. Um, so, yeah, lean to Texas A&M. Sort of afraid of the spot with, with Auburn, but um, would certainly be a Texas A&M bet if I had to lay it there. Let's go to first part of chat mob. Matthew, what do you got for us? I know you're logging everything in detail with your pen. Diligently. Pen and paper. Old school, Jim. Throwback. A uh, ton of Maction questions, and a couple specifically targeted toward me because I guess I am the official Maction expert, although my Maction bed record does not speak for itself. Um, <laughs> so I have to defer to you guys on this one. My best bet will be in the Mac. We'll get to that at the very end, but we'll talk about some other Maction questions. Let's just hit the Akron Toledo thing now. Um, Akron's on fire. I love Toledo. Yeah. Kai, you know I lean towards Toledo at the price. Tell me why I'm an idiot. I don't think you're an idiot. I just think Akron is... Oh, thank you is the best team in the Mac right now. And there's like no question about it. <laughs> Their last 10 games have been ridiculous. Uh, they have by far the best defense in this league. And we know anybody can score on Toledo. So I, I lean towards Akron. The jar also a very tough place to play as well. I'm leaning Akron here. They seem to be pretty much on track for another tournament bid. Uh, the environment was awesome against Kent yeah. state last Friday. Ridiculous. And I'm sure it will be the same. Toledo feel like it's like they struggles against the higher class opponents in the Mac, the more physical ones. That's kind of Akron's MO. Yeah, the more physical ones. And that's what Akron, I think, is really an into this year with this team. So um, even the Toledo uh, chess beater did not take the Rockets in this one. So that that should tell you something. Um, but for those out there who back my Rockets, good for you. Props for you for staying the course on that. Uh, a couple other here. How about Ball State CMU, Kai? I know you have an opinion on this one. Uh, the Cardinals against the 
Um, whack-a-mole, what are they? Central Michigan chips. Chippewas. Uh, yeah, lean towards Ball State, but that is almost entirely a guess on Sarzuela being out of the lineup again for Central Michigan. It's impossible to find information. He seems to be out at random times. So I took a chance of, hey, I think Ball State's a lot better than this team, and I know CMU is absolute garbage without him in the lineup. So it's kind of a, hey, 50-50 if he's in, Ball State covers, probably 60-40 if he's out. I'll take those odds for now. Out for two, back for six, out for two, back for two, out for yeah. one, back for three, out for one. Like it's And no coverage. Guessing. And yeah. zero coverage. And almost yeah. zero discussion in their fan forums. It's really frustrating, Matthew. Go Ball State. Yeah, it's one of the most closed, vested uh, athletic departments. You cannot find information um, from anyone on that that mm-hmm. roster. So that's just kind of in the way. And it's been bet up to eight and a half. So market clearly is, is sniffing out the stink <clears throat> that CMU is permeating right now. Uh I think I counted three questions, Shim, about our Chicago State Cougars in the question. Um, ton of interest in riding the wave as they travel to Delaware State today. And, uh, you know, obviously a super meaningful game here. Jim, your thoughts? Minus five well, on the road. Delaware State's actually been really feisty lately. Um, they barely didn't cover against Morgan State, but they had won three straight before that, especially feisty at home. But, man, Chicago State on the road has been kind of a juggernaut. Um, Honestly, two coaches that I think have elevated total trash programs. Yes. I don't feel like fading either of them in a weird spot for both. I like that. Uh, Kai, go to you for SoCon action. UNC Greensboro hosting Tennessee State. Uh, The Spartans laying 10 at home. Low total should be a pretty ugly game here. This one from Tooch. Do you have a take? I leaned towards Greensboro. Um, I, I think this team is kind of like Akron, really finding itself right now. They're they're awesome. They really haven't been challenged the last few games. And East, East Tennessee State probably still without Tipler and Taylor. They've been out the last few games. Lean towards the Spartans here. It is a big spread, but lean, lean yeah, that e- way. ETSU is trying to score ugly, I think, um, playing more inside out with their bigs who have gotten healthier while their guards have been on the men. So there's been kind of like a, a seesaw on the balance of how they're playing. So, Jim. Scotty Schaefer, our guy, asking about the, I'll call it the loser, leave town, bowl in the Big E, St. John's versus Butler. I liked Butler, but obviously, why would I bet Butler? So that was the trump card in that whole thought process, and I didn't <laughs> bet it. So your thought? I mean, I, you, you can do that with either side of that. Like, yeah. Oh, I like exactly. St. John's, but why would I bet St. John's right now? Like, I, I, I'd, I'd probably go with the home team in this matchup, um, and it's a short spread. You're not, like, laying three and a half or four or anything with Butler, but. I have a hard time trusting either squad right now. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bet on that game. Yeah. So market thinks St. John's better than Butler. I don't, mm, I don't know if I agree with that. And I watched a little bit of that Marquette game, Kai, our boyless coaches was awesome on the ball with Chuck Harris out. So I kind of like the Butler offense, a little more stability. No offense to Chuck, Chuck Harris, Harris out again. I don't know yeah, if he's Chuck out today. Out. Is but David the, Jones out for St. John's? He missed and David Jones game. for St. John's, right? So yeah. injury question marks there. All the more reason to not bet that game. Scotty, uh, let's go yeah. to Murray state at Drake. I'm sorry, Drake at Murray State. Uh, three or four people asked me this one as well. Jim, Big Valley Showdown. We know how good Murray State has been at home. Do they ride that home juju and uh, and pull out the win? They are getting three. So uh, three and a half dogs to Drake. Yeah, I think markets bet them a little bit. I want to say I saw four earlier. Um, and yeah, they're just fantastic at home and covering like crazy there. The MVC race is absurd right now. There's like yeah, it is tied at nine and three or whatever. It's ridiculous. and it's really really bad teams. Really yep. bad teams. Yep. Uh, so I, I would probably lean towards Murray getting the points at home there. Drake hasn't separated themselves the way I thought they would this year, but um, again, not super strong on that one. 
Kyle, let's head to the mountains. A couple of people looking to hammer Air Force against a depleted, walking, wounded Colorado State team. I definitely like the angle. Couple of the fact that, you know, it's a pretty quick, uh, well, actually, I guess it works in Colorado State's favor. It's not a big home advantage for Air Force hosting the Rams. To me, it does not sit well with me that Air Force is favored, but I guess I like the angle there. What do you think? I took Air Force. Um, Colorado State without Jackson and Lake. They have seven guys, played two days ago, got smoked. I like Air Force. Fair. Uh, Jim, you're alma mater. A couple of inquiries about the Tiggers versus. South Carolina, um, is there any way this game's competitive? And is it a blowout in the regards that it needs to be for Mizzou to cover? Current number is 15 and a half. Yeah, I sort of lean towards the Tigers. I I think their offense is good enough to smash people, as we've seen them do before. Defense sometimes lets you back in, but I don't know if South Carolina can really take advantage of their weaknesses. I don't know if South Carolina can score enough to hang around. And I think Mizzou's going to turn them over a lot on the road. So a lot of free possessions for Mizzou going the other way. Try Kai. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. <laughs> That's all I have, I think. I'm, uh, I'll holster a lot of these for the second part of our program. Let's go back to the All right, let's do it. Arkansas at Kentucky is where we head next. Kentucky playing much better of late, seemingly starting to figure things out. They got Kaysen Wallace back over the weekend. He was fantastic. Really starting to show off the defensive ability that is making him a, a true pro prospect. And Kai, on the other side, we got Arkansas, who were still waiting for that surge that they typically always have under Musselman. Yeah. Uh, these guys have only played Musselman versus Calipari three times. Moss um, is one and two against the spread, really nothing there. Anything for me for you on this game? Kentucky minus six last I checked. Look at that, up to minus six. Uh, I, I believe it. It's a massive game for both teams from the tournament perspective. Uh, two and 11 combined against Q1, Kentucky and Arkansas. Not great. Arkansas is at that two-point win over South Carolina. Yikes. And that was their first true road win of the year, Matthew. They're now 1-5 straight up and against the spread on the road. Not great. And you're facing a Kentucky team right now that current form-wise is very good. 6-1 and one straight up and against the spread last seven games. The line does feel a touch high, but I, it's clear Calipari has figured something out with his rotation. And we thought this team had final four potential in the preseason. So I think it's probably a good time to start backing them again. Now, six points, that's a lot. It, uh, even though I think yeah. Arkansas is going to struggle with Shibway beating in the paint with him roaming there. We know it's a weakness. Um, I, I, I just can't get behind lane six. I do lean towards Kentucky, but I'm not going to take it officially. Yeah, I leaned toward Kentucky. I didn't officially bet it myself. Musselman was like really down in the dumps talking about how this is such a hard spot for them because they have to come back home and they have, they have to travel to UK, only have one day to prepare. Like he, he really feels like they're up against it. And you add that in with the injury issues that they're dealing with on the perimeter. I will say they've gotten a lot of good play from their bigs. Uh, the other Mitchell twin was dominant in the, against South Carolina, and then Graham played much better as well. So maybe they're trying to find something with those big guys up front, but I don't know. I like an Arkansas team that's guard-led. That's just kind of the MO of a muscleman team that I think is best constructed um, maybe they muck this game up and compete, but I think Kentucky's the right side. Just don't think the price is right at this particular point, Jimbo. Five and a half is where it's at right now across the board. Yeah, I, I don't think this Arkansas team is very good. They played Black Davis and Council yeah, all 40 minutes against South Carolina. That's how like dire things are for them. You mentioned having to turn around and go home back over to Lexington. I think this line's been bet up for a reason. I think it's the right movement. I'm, yeah. I'm leaning towards Kentucky. Tempted to take it for like a half unit or something. Um, I don't love the price, but it just feels right to me at that uh, in that spot. All right, next up, Maryland at Michigan State. 
Kai, we just talked about one team that is really bad on the road. That would be Arkansas. Maryland, also quite poor on the road. They have two wins on the road this year, and those are against Minnesota and Louisville. Congratulations. You beat two teams outside the top 200. Those are your road victories. I'm not very impressed. I'll come out and say it, Kai. Michigan Michigan State minus three and a half is my best bet. Michigan State's good at home. Maryland's bad on the road. And Tom Izzo just had his whole thing about, oh, we have to play three guys over three minutes a game. Wah, wah, wah. I saw that. Dude, you didn't go for the portal at all. You could have added depth. That is <laughs> your fault. Uh, but I think back home, it's a nice spot for Michigan State. Don't trust Maryland on the road. Minus three and a half, best bet. Yeah, I saw the Izzo comments. They're weird. I, I saw that minutes count thing. I was like, okay, that's probably bad. But he also said he has a lot of confidence in this team, which I took as a good thing. And I'm going to ride with that comment because I agree. I like Michigan State here. The Terps are rolling right now, Matt. They're the best ATS team overall in the Big Ten. They've covered six in a row, and Sparty has not covered in four games. So in terms of current form, you're probably leaning towards Maryland, but I do like Sparty a lot better at home here. Um, they've had two challenging road slash semi-road games in a row. They're back at home where they've thrived this year. They're 9-2 and two straight up, 6-5 and five against the spread. Not as great, obviously, from a home perspective, but I like them here. But Terps let down, Michigan State get up spot. Um, the one key thing you got to do, box out team rebound. Michigan State does that as well as any team in the Big Ten, and that's really important against the Terps. I wish I didn't like Maryland as much as I did because I'd be all over Michigan State with you guys. I think the spots, as I've mentioned, ad nauseum, uh, it's it's great. And you look at Maryland's home road splits, again, I know that's a cliche narrative, but it's really been a real factor this year. You look at their performance, uh, but I do like the Terps. They are playing well, as Kai mentioned. So to me, the price wasn't great. And uh, I mean, yeah, this is a team that can kind of fool around and sneak up toward the top of the Big Ten standings if they, uh, they, they squeak one out here today. So I think the Terps might surprise some people. But again, that's just a me in my own corner, still stubbornly a fan of the Terps in my 30 to 1 Big Ten title future ticket, Jim. So uh, take that with a big fat salt shaker. Uh, you can tear up that title. It, it's not, they're not going to, they're not going to, he's not going to come back down. Ah, the boilers might. No, they're not going to crack. I know. You're right. I kind of like Lante's. <laughs> hey, they're tied for third. Yeah, that's fine. They're still like four. They're not going to win. They're not going to win. Right. Yeah. Uh, Lante's angle first half under that that just feels right I don't have like a detailed handicap on it but it feels like a lot of these Michigan State games start really slow uh, and if you get points it's, it ends up being in the back half of the game so yeah I, I kind of buy that but again Michigan State minus three and a half is my best bet of the day Matt they're tied right. for like ninth Michigan State there's like seven I'm talking about Maryland tie. I'm talking about Maryland tie. Oh, okay excuse me sorry <laughs> okay Sorry they're, sorry, they're tied for third with seven other teams. My Ooh. bad. My bad. Dumped. And they have to play four more <laughs> road games. That. And they can't hey, win on the uh, road. Okay, I'll stop. Go <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Right. You the will. reason Toledo-Akron did not make the outline is because there are two other awesome mid-major games tonight. And we'll get to Nevada and New Mexico first before we talk about the showdown atop the A-10. Matthew, New Mexico is a four-point home favorite here. Huge bubble game for Nevada. Kind of, we're we're dialed in because of fielding the 68, but we know how badly Nevada needs this. They are right around the cut line. This would be a big one to get them into the field. Of course, it can't hurt for New Mexico to keep winning either. How do you see this one, Matthias? Yeah, I mean, a ton of fun angles here, right? I mean, they just played recently a barn burner double OT game that, uh, you know, New Mexico probably could have won that game uh, up in Reno. Now they come back down home. I think how you mentioned this, this was a very astute point by you. New Mexico has gotten to a point where they're actually undervalued as a as a team in the market. Like they were an ATS juggernaut and then they won a lot of like close games and their market, I guess their their analytic ranking didn't quite appreciate. And now I think they're still a little bit of a buy low, um, as weird as that is to say. 
tough spot though, right? It's a desperate Nevada team. I know they had a week off, so it does kind of you know negate that. Jim, I know you have some of the uh, the Steve Alford versus alma mater stats. I believe in your back pocket, not to put you on the spot. I, I do not. Ah, I do okay. Not um, I think I'll I'll dig him up the wide, toss it over to Kai for his take. I do think it's too short, Kai. That's my final point on this game. I was on Lobo's game one. They covered in overtime, but I shied away from this one. Why? It's probably because Nevada just smashed San Diego State, and I have a little PTSD from that game. That's a very poor way to think as a sports better. It's probably the worst way to think as a sports better, but I did it anyways. Uh, Nevada is way better at home. They're eight two and one against the spread at home, four and four on the road. The Lobos. It flips eight and five at home, four and three on the road. So it's a fantastic home court. If you believe in home road splits, you definitely lean toward, towards New Mexico here. Their only loss all season at home is to UNLV. Uh, game one, both teams scored pretty easily. My my key concern for New Mexico here, okay. Nevada destroyed them inside. Baker had 28 points, 11 for 14 from two. There was no answer, and that's definitely repeatable. New Mexico had 19 turnovers. They shot well from deep. I do think the turnovers kind of take care of themselves at home, but the shooting, you just never know. It can come and go. I stayed away here, Jim, even though I lean towards the Lobos minus four. Yep, I lean the same way. I, I just The pit sold out. That's been, I think, sold out like the rest of their home games. It's going to be a wild atmosphere there. And it, Ray mentioned in the chat, yes, New Mexico, they're not probably quite at risk of falling out of the, the bracket right now, but they need stuff to build in some leeway in case they take a bad loss or two down the stretch. Air Force, Wyoming is a team that could beat them because of how how much healthier they are at this point. So, yes, this is very meaningful for the Lobos as well. I lean their way, getting a little bit of revenge for that absolutely ridiculous collapse against Nevada in the first one. I think they were up five with a minute left and then had like a five-second mm-hmm. inbound violation and a silly foul in the final minute. They, they really blew that one. Uh, ended up going to a couple of OTs. I think New Mexico gets their revenge here. Matt, do you I could not find the data. I couldn't find it. My my action bet labs thing crashed here. I believe Steve Alford has been awesome against his old employer. That's the general theme of what I was trying to get at. But hey, someone in the chat mob can dig that up and, and confirm. No. Next do game. Think, do we think it matters though at all though? In the, that sense, I, I think if I think if you're going back to the place that fired you, you might put an extra two hours of prep in to the scout. I don't know. Maybe that's bogus. Probably bogus. Putting, I'm with if you. You're not putting an extra two hours every game. Are you really do you want? Ooh, coach? I like that. 110 percent all the time. They're all human. The time. Kai, stop it. They're human. Also, like he was beaten. Like I said, he was beaten the first game in New Mexico. Just yeah, he gave was. It, like the the five second inbound violation was so insane. I couldn't believe that happened. All right, last one on the outline. Dayton at VCU, huge one in the A-10. VCU sits atop the league right now. They already hold a win over Dayton at Dayton. So, Matt, we'll go to you here first. VCU minus three and a half at home, similar spot to that Texas A&M-Auburn thing where there's the flip of the, the potential road revenge. Are you buying the Flyers here, getting three and a half? Uh, no, I'm not. I, I don't know what to make of this Dayton team. Um, VCU, I know what they are. And I know where they're going uh, with baseball and playing well and the rotations, you know, starting to come into to the fold there. But Dayton, again, I know losing at St. Bonaventure is not any sort of embarrassing effort. A lot of teams have lost there this season, but there's just no evidence of the upswing that we thought we saw about a month ago. Like it just hasn't, the momentum hasn't been parlayed forward, Kai. I can't trust them. Um, I didn't officially bet VCU, but I don't see how you can bet Dayton here, just given where they're at. Yeah, no question VCU has been the better team in conference play. They're 9-2, and two, lead the league. They've risen 30 spots in Kempom since conference play has begun. Dayton has dropped 13, and their games of late, man, have been awful. They lost to George Washington. They lost to Rhode Island. They needed overtime against Loyola. They just lost to St. Bonaventure. Not great. VCU did win uh, game one, Jim. They came back from being down 16 at Dayton. It was basically David Shriver. Thanks, David Shriver. 
He made all six of VCU's three-pointers. He was six for eight from three. Uh, Dayton struggled handling the ball. Kamara had nine turnovers. I do think this one stays close, though. Um, Dayton still has plenty of talent. I think Holmes and Kamara are matchup issues for VCU. And Ace Baldwin was clearly bothered by the size in the backcourt in game one. I think Dayton can do that again a bit. I think VCU wins, but it's very, very close. I almost lean Dayton three and a half. Yeah, I lean Dayton as well. I, I think they're just a little bit higher ceiling. They're just more erratic. I mean, like you mentioned all their bad results lately. Mixed in there was a blowout of Richmond, beat them by 30. Like just yeah, absolutely right. demolished them. It's kind of what they're capable of. RJ Blakeney was back out last game, which is kind of part of their inconsistency is their guard rotation changes every single game because you don't know who's going to be available. Uh, but in league play, Dayton does have the league's best offense, third best defense. VCU has the best defense, third best offense. So relatively even in that regard, I think there's kind of that we're backs against the wall for a title race here. Um, we've already lost to this team. I would prefer the road team getting the points. I think it's close. I'm not saying like I think Dayton's for sure going to win, but I'd much rather have three and a half in this one than lay it. All right, Matthew, over to you for second part of chat mob kind of questions we got coming through. Jim, going right back to you. Uh, Daryl asked about four different overs today. A theme in that he asked about four overs. Did you bet any overs, Mr. Undertaker? Um, I, I have a couple that I like. I've just been hesitant because I've been better with unders. Wait, so the, the question is just, what overs did you bet? He he bet four specific overs. I didn't want to give all four of them to you. I just wanted to kind of tee it up for you as the undertaker to discuss how annoying betting unders has been. And I kind of wanted to whine about it and moan about it because I've been it frustrated. It has been frustrating. Um, the efficiency has spiked big time over the last 10 days, I'd say. Um, yeah. the, the least efficient days have been when there's only like 12 games. So like the dip yeah, is low really, sample real. Uh, yeah. And historically in the season, Tuesday has been the most efficient day, whether that matters or not. It, it actually uh, it concerns me betting unders today. It's part of why I stayed away from it and might help all the overs he bet. Kai, Ray Reyes asking about Rody catching 11 at SLU. Is it the right time to fade SLU, he thinks? Caveat here, Jalen Carey got hurt last game. I could not find an update on him. He does matter for the Rams. Yeah, he matters, but I'm not sure SLU should be laying 11 to anybody right now. Yeah, right. I can't say I'm impressed with his team and I don't like Rhode Island either. They're they're brutal this season. Um, without carry, they're even worse. So that was an easy stay away from me. Yeah, Archie tried to go full small ball, I think, last game. He's really trying to find anything that'll... He's just throwing everything in the wall and seeing what'll stick. So whenever you see stuff like that, it doesn't always give me a ton of confidence. Uh, a lot of ACC chatter. Ooh, fun. Elite league this year. Not. Uh, Jim, Matty Akers, North Carolina, Wake Forest. You have a take in this one. It got was North Carolina gets a, a win here, but hey, they're coming off losing to their arch rival, and we saw what happened to Duke on the emotional letdown off that game. Wake Forest has been outstanding offensively. I saw a clip of some of the threes Damari Monsanto's been hitting lately. Matt, I think the only other ACC player to be as efficient on his volume from three in the past 25 years is J.J. Redick. That's okay. how good he's been. Notable. Um, and that's why Wake Forest overs have been kind of like a printing press recently. But uh, they might be getting a little too inflated. I don't know. I, Carolina, I, I still think they're good enough to start winning some of these games. They need Q1 wins badly, and this is one of the last winnable ones for them. Yeah, line sitting at a pick, total 154. It does feel low. I think there's points bonanza in that game. Even with the pace in there, I, I mean, who's going to stop ACOT for, for wake up front? Um, Kai, another ACC tilt from uh, from Chris. Louisville against Pitt. Is this a game Louisville competes, or is this just a typical Louisville as Louisville and Pitt rolls? 
I don't 15 know. and a half. Big number. That seems like a lot of points, but I'm it? not going to yeah. bet on Louisville. <laughs> so no thanks. Yeah. Stay away. Good. Uh, very profound. I agree. That was where I landed. Jim, Virginia NC State fun game. Pat catching a touchdown on the road going to John Paul Jones. I kind of like the road dog here. I think NC State has some tough shot makers. What you need against that pack line. And by the way, Virginia's defense, don't look now, not as good as you're used to thinking. It's not. Oh, it was soft it was up front. against Virginia Tech. Soft up front. They gave up layups, cuts, dunks, and open threes against Virginia Tech. Um, let them be rather efficient in that one. They just don't have the same kind of length, bothersome perimeter players that they used to have. Beekman is one, but that's it. Like when McNeely and Clark are out there together, who are you scared of there? Like I, I, I I'm okay with dribbling the ball around either of those guys. Um, I just don't know if that defense is as weak against isolation. I think they can handle isolation. It's some of the continuity yeah, stuff that really point. bother them. And NC State is a lot of like Smith and Joyner going one on one. So I, yeah, I, I'm staying away from that one, Matthew. Yeah, Bennett. I think benched. Uh... Shedrick to, to start Gardner at the uh, the true five. So I think their offense has been helped, but defensively they're not as uh, yeah. dominant like at the rim. Fully benched, like barely right. playing. Very odd. Uh, Kai, how about Cincinnati Tulane? You mentioned how good the Bearcats have been. been awesome. We like us some Ron Hunter and some Green Wave. What gives in this AAC tilt? Awesome game. Uh, hope to watch it, not putting my money on it. I lean towards Cincy. I'm really impressed with how they've been playing lately. Um, their defense has been nuts. I, I think they're a team just on a meteoric rise. Though Tulane's been not bad themselves. Credit to Tulane as well. They just beat Memphis. So um, um, they are also a very good basketball team. General take. I like the American Athletic Conference. A lot of good teams in this league. Um, yeah. Tulane laying a point and a half. So basically a pick there. I kinda, I'm with Kyle now. And the, uh, the Bearcats get down the road. Uh, let's circle back to the Mac, Jim. I'll feel this one. Pepper and any takes if you have them. Ohio has been smashed, laying now five on the road at NIU. The Huskies are my pet team right now. They've been really good. Uh, one of those weird things where you have a Ewing theory dynamic playing out. Best player hasn't played in forever. A bunch of no-name guys are playing really well. They've looked kind of good. They can't rebound, but they got some guys who can make shots. They play hard. I like the Huskies at the current price, plus five. Yeah. That's what it is, though. If you go back through how good they look, it's because they're shooting 40% and their opponents keep shooting 0%. Like they're Yeah, the regression's not good. 4 okay. of 17 from 3 for Bowling Green. Before that, 2 of 22 for Western Michigan. Uh, before that, 9 of 24. Uh, I guess Ball State made a bunch of threes. But like I, it, it has been some shooting splits. The Mirage, potentially? Okay, fair. We'll see. Uh, my guy Coit's awesome there. Uh, little Juco stud. That's all I have. I think I missed a few at the end here. There aren't that many more that we haven't discussed that aren't going to be talked about in best bets at the horn. No, let's do, do it. it. Best bets. <laughs> You're first. I'm going to go first, and I'm taking the fighting Amani Bates in action. This team's just been categorically better the last four games. Like I think they finally flipped a switch. I don't know what they've changed schematically. I haven't dug into that. Um, they could just be trying hard. effort, <laughs> capitally effort. Um, it's where my first gut would leave me. Thank you, Jim. But yeah, you look at their games last four, they've been competitive and you go down the roster. There is talent there. Um, not just top end talent, but I think solid, uh, depthy talent, Kai. So I think 10 points at Buffalo, a game that's going to play very rec ballish feels way too many to me. I know it's going to play to a higher number because it's going to be a fast paced game. So that kind of counteracts that point. But in general, uh, it feels like a game where EMU can sneak inside the number, whether it's wire to wire or in backdoor fashion. So, uh, lead me. To Coverland, Mr. Imani and Eagles. Let's go. Buffalo by nine. Cool. Sounds good, Matt. All right. My best bet is Ole Miss. Ole Miss plus one and a half here is my best bet. 
Partial swing, uh, taking a swing here, uh, banking on Terry Roberts being out for Georgia. He's day-to-day with concussion. No word uh, if he's playing or not. If he's out, Georgia's terrible without him. He's been one of the biggest impact players on off-wise in the country this season. If he's in, well, Georgia still hasn't been very good lately. Besides the AM game, uh, they got killed by Auburn, OT with South Carolina, killed by Tennessee, lost to Vandy, killed by Kentucky. Now, Ole Miss has been good either, but they did lead in game one in the second half. And while they haven't been great, they do have Morrell fully healthy back in the lineup. I think that means something here yep. for revenge on the road angle here. Um, let's just hope Terry Roberts is out. Ole Miss plus one and a half. Stay away, scary Terry. Get healthy first. Uh, my best bet to remind you was Michigan State minus three and a half. Um, just liking them at home by low against selling high on Maryland as they go on the road against an actual difficult opponent. Has not been their bread and butter. They did cover at Purdue. Rather impressive effort there. But uh, a lot of blowout, like Michigan by 35, Rutgers by 14, Iowa by 14. Something like that sounds good to me out of Michigan State tonight. All right, that's it. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Chat Mob, a stellar performance per usual. We enjoy you guys bringing the chatter. We'll be back again tomorrow, same time, 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Central. We'll see you all then. Cheers and good luck.